Well, thank you for joining us again for our study through the Psalms on Wednesday nights. Uh, It is a beautiful, beautiful journey that we're on simply because as we look to God's Word, especially in the Psalms, it speaks to us in the deepest parts of our need. Uh, I don't know what your needs are. Uh, I don't know the specificity of it. Last week we saw how that the Lord knows. The Lord knows your needs. He knows your hurts and He knows your heart and He cares. Uh, This week in Psalm 70, uh, we're kind of continuing that theme. Psalm 70 verses 1 through 5 We've heard the cry for help before. That, that, that is explicitly in verses 1 through 5. We've heard the cry for help um, uh, in Psalm 40, uh, verses 13 through uh, uh, the end of the chapter is this psalm, uh, Psalm 70. Uh, it's included in Psalm 40. We've heard this cry before. Uh, we've heard this cry before. Uh, maybe not with this urgency, different words, different language. Last week, Psalm 69, verses uh, 19 through 36, is this cry for help. I think, I think that for us, as we journey through the Psalms, we need to remember that the Psalms were written by real people facing real struggles, real problems, and uh, real doubts and uncertainties. And there were times and seasons when they walked through life in, in ways that maybe we can't even understand. They faced problems that you and I may or may not face. We, they, they, they lived through the difficulties and dangers of everyday life in, in the ancient world. And in the midst of it, they needed a helper. They needed a deliverer. And for the people of God... They look to God in real time, in real ways, regardless of circumstances. And, and those circumstances could be different. As James calls them, they're multicolored different trials. But in each of those trials, they look to God to be their, uh, their, their delivering help, their rescuing help. And that's who God is for us. Um, supremely through Christ, He is our, he is our rescuer. Uh, We look to Jesus and we understand that He has brought us supreme rescue. We were dead in our sin and our trespass, in which we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, and now works among sons of disobedience. We were trapped in our sin and, and headed for destruction. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His love with which He loved us even when we were dead in our sin, He's given us life through Christ. Jesus, through his death on the cross for our sin and his resurrection from the dead, gives us a chance at new life when we put our faith and trust in him. God is our delivering rescue. The one who looks upon us in our struggle uh, and gives us the rescuing help that we need. So as we look at this psalm, these five verses, I I want us to remember. Remember the deep need of your heart. Uh, the deep emptiness of your soul before you met God through faith in Christ. And think about how Jesus came to your rescue and gave you the help that you needed to provide you family with God. As we remember that life-shaping, heart-changing encounter with God through faith in Christ, now let's remember how that encounter with God is the norm 
of our lives every day in face of every struggle, in every difficulty, in every pain. God is the one who is our rescuing help. So what do we do? If you find yourself in in the depths of despair or struggle or pain or uncertainty, chaos, confusion, what do you do? Well, you do what the psalmist did. You cry out to God for help. Look at verse 1 and verse 5. The structure of this psalm is what's known uh, in, in, uh, in, in literary circles as a chiasm. Verses 1 and 5 are one, and verses 2 and 3 are another portion. Verse 4 is kind of the center point. But, but really what we need to do is we need to see how that verse 1 and 5 both speak to us about crying out to God for help. All right, verse 1. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Verse 5, I am poor and needy. Make haste to me, O God. You are my help. You are my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. Now, here's what we learn. We need to ask God to rescue us. I know that sounds simple, but is that our first response? O God, rescue me. Oh, God, will you deliver me? In verse 1 and verse 5, that is the main theme. God, deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us. Uh, we need to ask God to rescue us. Now, what is it that you're stuck in? What is it that you're walking through, the quagmire that you can't get out of? Uh, what is it that's, that's caused you to um, be overwhelmed, like we saw at the beginning of Psalm 69? What is it that's that's up to your neck uh, and sweeping you away in despair. What is that? Whatever it is, it is no match for God. And so with the psalmist, we need to say, oh God, deliver us. We ask God to rescue us, but we ask him to rescue us in a hurry. Here's the thing. Sometimes we ask God to uh, rescue us, to help us, to be our rescuing help, and it seems like God delays I wish I could give good answers for this. I wish I could give good answers for that delay to my wife, my children, or even in my own life, to to you, my church family. I wish I could give good answers for God's delay. I don't have a good answer for it other than God knows best. I know that sounds like a cheat. We've done that with our children, Edie and I. We've, uh, we've, We've given them things that they need to do, or they just say, you gotta trust us on this, or Uh, We don't give them satisfying answers, and we just say, well, um, it's for your good or it's for your best, and they might not get that. In the same way, you and I are walking this path, uh, this this way in life, and God delays rescuing us. He he delays getting us out of the uh, uh, quicksand of our circumstance, and we we don't like that. We shouldn't like that. Um, We're not built to like that. So we ask God to help in a hurry. There's nothing wrong with that. God, look, I've been, I'm sinking. I'm down to my knees. I'm sinking. I'm up to my waist. God, I'm sinking. I'm up to my armpits. God, I'm sinking. It's up to my chin. God, I'm sinking. It's up to my nose. God, hurry up. <laughs> and, and I think that's right. I think it's right for us to ask God to hurry up. We ask God to rescue us, not because we've got it all together, but we ask God to rescue us because we're crushed by the weight of our circumstances. Verse 5, I'm poor and needy. I'm, I'm the needy poor. I'm, I'm in trouble. I, I can't help myself. 
and we can't find our way out. God, you're my only hope. And maybe, just maybe, part of what God does when there's a delay between our cry for help and him helping, maybe what God's doing is we might not have all the answers, but we can certainly build our faith and trust in God. Are you trusting God? I mean, it really comes down to that. I know in my journey, in my life, that, that really is the big question. Am I, am I really trusting God? Am I trusting Him with this real-life circumstance or this real-life problem or this real-life uncertainty? Am I trusting God with that? And we're waiting. We want God to hurry up, but He's not hurrying up. Do I still trust God? Now, that's Part of what I think the psalmist is getting at here is that God is our rescuing help, but we need to trust Him in the waiting of that help. We need help. That's verse 1. Verse 5 says that God is our helper. Now, there's promise there. And I'm telling you, that's where we find our hope. We need help. Verse 5, God is our helper. That help may not have come yet, but my goodness, I can trust God who loves me, who saved me, who rescued me from sin. He didn't rescue me from sin and bring me into his family so he could watch me, uh, you know, uh, just drown, uh, sink in the, in, in the quicksand. No, he, he loves you. He cares for you um, and me. He loves you. He cares for you and me. So when we need help, we can trust that God is our helper. But that wait can be unbearable. And the pain of waiting can be sometimes even greater than the pain of the circumstance in which we find ourselves. But always trust. And, and again, this is something that the Spirit of God has to awaken in us. Um, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him or confess that He is Lord, and He'll make straight your path. Then verse 7, um, don't be wise in your own eyes, but live in the fear of the Lord. Submit to Him. Even the painful moments, submit to Him and trust Him. And He will take you by the heart and take you by the hand and lead you uh, through Every difficult moment, we cry out to God for help in a hurry. The second thing we see in this passage is we ask God to turn the tables on our enemies. Now, again, like Psalm 69, throughout Psalm 69, there are enemies and adversaries to the psalmist. Again, we hear it in verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 70. Look, verse 2 and 3, it says, Let them, now who are the them? Uh, they're the ones he's about to describe. They're the, those who are opposed to him. They're the object of his quicksand kind of life right now. Okay, They're the reason. They're the cause. So let them be ashamed and confounded, those who seek my life. So these are opponents, uh, adversaries, who are looking to kill the psalmist, David. Let them be turned back and confused who desire my hurt. And not only are they seeking his life or his livelihood or his vocation, they're, they're not only trying to rob him of satisfaction in life, they're trying, to, uh, they're, they're trying to hurt him intentionally. They want him to be in pain. And then let them be turned back because of their shame. 
who say, aha, aha. Now, what is the aha, aha? Well, those aha moments are not positive things. They're the ones, uh, those aha moments that they're saying are, are, are those uh, mocking kind of attitudes that people have. So here's, here's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, look, David's saying, I, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm poor and needy, verse 5. I, I'm in trouble, but God, I'm crying out to you for help, and I need your rescue. But here is what's happening. You've got these folks or these certain, and, and you could, you know, you can make it a picture of circumstances, but it's real people. I have real people who are trying to, uh, uh, trying to uh, kill me or take away my livelihood. I, I have real people who are trying to um, hurt me or harm me. I have real people who are trying to uh, shame me. So God, I'm asking you, to take their intent for my harm and put it on their head. God, I'm asking you to take the intent of them robbing me of my life or my livelihood and put it on them. And God, I'm, I'm asking you, those who are trying to shame me, I, I, I'm asking you to take that shame and put it on them. It's like a boomerang uh, where these enemies are throwing these bad things toward God's people, uh, the, the cry is, God, make those things that they're throwing at me, make it a boomerang and come back and hit them. Again, uh, I don't know the, the struggles or the circumstances that you're facing. I know what my wife and I face. I know what I face, um, what our children face, uh, and and even in the midst of the most profoundly devastating moments, we cry out to God and we ask Him to turn those circumstances on their head. Those who would be at, in hostility toward God and His purpose and us as the ambassadors for Christ, those who would be opposed to us, we're asking God to turn their intent on its head, to turn the tables and bring justice and equity and fairness to our lives. When we cry out to God, we're crying out to God for the whole of our lives, not just a portion, not just this circumstance. When we cry out to God and He's not answering quickly and we feel like we're sinking up to our eyeballs and, 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 and we need for Him to hurry up, we trust Him. We trust him even with our enemies, that, uh, that vengeance belongs to him, that he will judge righteously. My job is to trust him. So we look at this passage and we see uh, when, when, when things are going tough, uh, things are difficult, we ask God, uh, cry out to God for help. We ask God to turn the tables on our enemies. Now, here's the good part. God does that. God helps us. And so we seek the Lord and we find joy in the grip of His glory. All right, now I want you to look at verse 4. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation continually say, let God be magnified. All right, so there's something that happens between verse 1 and verse 5. In verse 1, we're in trouble. We're sinking. Verse 5, we need help. And God is our helper. He delivers for us. At the end of verse 4, we see that he is great. He's brought rescue. He's brought salvation. But 
Here's what I want you to see and what I think God wants us to see. In the meantime, in that mo those moments of waiting, people are still attacking. God hasn't turned the tables. The boomerang hasn't hit. Um, we're still suffering and struggling. Now, what do we do? How do we awaken trust to God in us? We seek Him. So often when we get in profound difficulties of life, we run from God, but th those are the exact moments we should be running to God. Verse 4 tells us that we need to be seekers of the Lord. We need to be chasing after Him. When we're in the deepest dungeon of distress, we need to look for the light of God's rescuing love, His, His rescuing help to us that's found in His Word and through prayer, His Holy Spirit abiding with us and strengthening us and comforting us. We need to run to God. We need to be seekers of the Lord. And when we seek the Lord, here's what begins to happen. Even though we're nose deep in quicksand, we find joy and gladness, not because our circumstances have changed. We find joy and gladness because we are resting in the God who loves us, who's created us, uh, for whom we have been made. We find joy in Him. Are you finding joy in Him? There might not be joy anywhere else. But friends, you can find joy in God, and that joy is the joy that satisfies the soul. We find joy and gladness because we're uh, captured in the grip of God's glory. The very last line of verse 4 says, the Lord be magnified. You know what? That is? God is great. When we find our joy in God, then we can declare, God, you are great even though we're nose deep in quicksand. We can say, God, you are great because God is great. His glory has taken hold our heart, and our circumstances might not have changed, but we trust him because he is our rescuing help. We need help. He is our helper. And in the meantime, I find joy and gladness as I am gripped by his glory. My prayer for you and for me is that we would be captured by God's glory so that we find our joy in Him, that we would seek Him, and that we would be glad in Him. And my prayer is that God would hurry up and help and rescue us from our circumstance. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, infinitely above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work in you and me right now, to Him... Be glory in our church by Jesus Christ to every generation forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Good night.